Welcome to another edition of Hawk Off the Press after the final score. I'm John Seppi, joined by Mike Loss after the 24-14 Iowa win over Utah State to start the season. Mike, it seemed like a tale of two games. If you look at the first half of the first quarter and then the other parts of the game. For seven and a half minutes, it was like I was thinking, get ready to go to Indianapolis. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe beyond. Uh, I know that sounds silly, but but those were two surgical drives with touchdown passes. And uh, a stat that was floating around today, and I think it's the stat of the day, is that Iowa hadn't opened a, hadn't had a touchdown pass on its opening drive since 1991 against Hawaii, which is, you know, bizarre. But uh, they had one today, a beautifully bumped uh, thrown deep ball, was open by at least 12 yards, maybe 15. And then the second possession, they take it right downfield, and they go for it on fourth and goal to three, which I think a lot of people like seeing. And then he has a nice little hookup with his old Michigan teammate, Eric All. It's 14-0, and you think, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they stalled. But did they stall enough to make, make you think that Gloom and doom is back around the corner? I don't think so. I mean, and it is a first game, so I don't know how much uh, gloom and doom to inject into anything just yet. I think I saw enough to be optimistic about the future, and I didn't see enough to to uh, book passage to Indy. <laughs> yeah, like I think when you see that first portion of the first quarter, you see what could be. And to your point with this being a first game, you'd probably know these years off the top of your head better than me. I think it might have been 06 or 07, somewhere in there, where there's like a 56-point win or something against, I think it's Ball State. And that season didn't turn out great. Mm-hmm. And then you've got 09, where they win by one against yeah. Northern Iowa. That I remember. No, and- I know... Uh, I- you know, you we what you're saying, and, and you had a story about it earlier in the week, is that you can't read too much into first games. Mm-hmm. But if they played like they played in their first game last year, which is an opener that I will always remember, yes. then you'd have a lot of concerns. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that was a touchdown-free game. They were held under 200 yards to an FCS opponent. And uh, that told the story of what was to come. It was that that, that they did win eight games, but it was a season that still seemed a little cracked all the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, People want more wins, of course, but they also want them to be entertaining, to look like a major college football offense. That didn't happen completely today, but I think that there was enough of it to be seen uh, to resist getting out any torches and pitchforks. Yeah, because you see what could potentially be. McNamara looked like, you know, everything he was built to be, I thought. He made mm-hmm. some beautiful throws. Yeah, I think he was under some tough circumstances. And you don't know, okay, he's admitted that he's not 100% right now. And you don't know, okay, where is that affecting him a little bit? Because those final numbers are not spectacular at the 17 for 30. Um, but how many of those were throwaways, too? Yeah, there's throwaways. There were a, uh, a couple drops, I think. He got it done when it needed to be done. When it's 
17 to 6 and the offense is stuck in the mud. They did go on a touchdown drive of about 68 yards, I think. So uh, they weren't completely blanked in the last 53 minutes, but 10 points in 53 minutes. And the total yardage, 284, that's still substandard for major college football. You've got to do better than that. So, I mean, like I said, it, was, uh, it wasn't a thing of beauty, but there was enough beauty in it to sustain people for another week. And I think defensively there's reason for optimism when, okay, maybe some of these statistics don't really scream out to you, but you're going up against an up-tempo offense like Utah State, and, okay, that will inflate maybe the numbers a little bit. But even then, I think you look at that, you don't have Jamari Harris, you won't have him again next week. We do know that before he then returns. You have other factors where... Your whole linebacking core is totally different. And I think you would have forgotten that if you weren't already thinking about that just because they were playing like Jay Higgins, Nick Jackson were playing like guys who've been on the field for a lot longer than this being their first career game together. Yeah, Higgins was was great from the very beginning through the entire game. 16 tackles, broke up a pass, right place, right time, Uh, uh, just... An impressive looking guy. So that's that was to me the defensive standout. You mentioned Jamari Harris didn't play. If Deshaun Lee takes his place and uh, did a nice job. Yeah. You know, I mean, they tried to pick on him earlier and, and uh, he stood up to it right away. So I think you're happy there. Uh, and that's a big contrast from last year when you look at the Nebraska game where yes. they were able to pick on mm-hmm. the young guys in the secondary. When DeGene got hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. I thought the defense was just a little less than we've seen recently, but it certainly was good enough. Yeah. Um, Iowa got outgained. Doesn't mean anything. They scored way more points. but uh, And a lot of Utah State's yards, as well as its touchdown, came in so-called prevent defense time. Mm-hmm. with uh, some first-teamers out, I believe. Yeah. So you can't you can read too much into that. Uh, they, they, the defense won in battle, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and it will have to more times than not for Iowa to have a big season. Yeah. This is still, as much as things have changed, this is still Iowa. It is. That we're talking it about. It is. I mean, look, Iowa's tight ends had 10 catches. Its wide receivers had four. They call themselves tight tight end you here with pride, whereas most places that's not something you'd want to be. Uh, they're fine with it here, and when you looked at how Luke Lachey played, yeah, we saw that you know as last season progressed. But uh, this guy's really good, you know, and another in the long line of the the lineage of of Iowa tight ends who can get downfield and make really good catches, but. But he's very good. And then they've got the second guy, Eric All, who did a really nice job on the touchdown. Um, that was not the easiest play. A three-yard pass, but it was set up perfectly. So they're good there. But wide receivers had just four catches. Anderson got one early for the score, but, they're go- I mean, is the receiving core up to snuff yet? I don't know. Is the offensive line where you want it? No, but can it get there? 
Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't, you know, I don't see why not, but it, it, uh, uh, we've seen many Iowa offensive lines that were very good in November that started out slowly. I suspect this will be one of them. Yeah, you kind of think back to just even in recent years, 2021 was a year where things started off rocky, but then got better in that last month. And Path protection was really good. Yeah, it and seemed ma- like the run blocking was the bigger yeah, issue than the yeah, pass protection. Right. But, you know, if, uh, if you're Iowa, you want to see McNamara have time to throw. Peters mm-hmm. didn't have that last year. No. Uh, say what you want about him, and many people did. Uh, he was playing with the deck stacked against him. And McNamara, uh, McNamara love his band, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had time. And uh, you give that guy time, and I think he's going to hurt a lot of people. Because you look at what he did with a Joe Moore award-winning offensive line ahead of him at Michigan, and the results were pretty good. Yeah, now I uh, think that he's going to come to the reality he's not playing with that line, and he's not playing with Michigan skill position players. At least not at wide receiver. Right. So uh, he he showed frustration a few times, I thought, out there, but he, he seems to get it out of his system immediately without showing up his teammates. Mm hmm and he seemed happy about the way things went, maybe because he got through the game as much as anything, but he seemed pleased. So if he seems pleased, and, and these people are perfectionists, mm-hmm. then I would think that everybody else shouldn't have too much trouble being okay with it. Well, the interesting thing with the receiving core discussion is, okay, wide receiver, you don't have a great feeling when your most experienced guy was targeted six times with only two catches. But with Ostranga as the third tight end, with Stilianos as the fourth tight end, I'm kind of more curious than anything else in terms of, is this something that we're going to see down the road? Because it could be an intriguing, I think it just creates intriguing matchups if you go into 13, 14 personnel more often. It worked against Utah State on that three-yard touchdown pass mm-hmm. on play action. Mm-hmm. Is that going to work against yeah, Penn State? I mean, I don't know if you want to base too much on it, but you sure want to have Lachey and all out there a oh, lot. Yeah. At the very least, 12 personnel as much but, yeah, as possible. Yeah, they're just too good. Yeah, Eric All's really good. Yeah. And uh, obviously so is Lachey. All might be the best tight end on thir- maybe 13 other Big Ten teams, potentially. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But but you want these guys playing wideouts to be part of this deal. Yeah. You want to be able – you want McNamara to be able to use his whole uh, arsenal. Yeah. Uh, because he's got the skills. So, uh, I mean, this Anderson who caught the touchdown, he had seven of them last year. Uh, he, he's no uh, he's no newcomer to college football, and uh, you know Nico uh, he's a player he's a uh, a veteran who knows what he's doing out there and he's made some he's made quite a few plays over his career. I, I want to see more before I judge the wide receiver group, but I, I don't think that it's I don't think it's bad. I think it's all right. Yeah, and you can see the pieces there if. Like, I don't think Nico had his best game, but... No, 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 no. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Nico's come up big for him uh, many times in the last few years. And a catch he made here against Penn State uh, will never be forgotten. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll have some big plays. 
I can't resist not bringing up special teams and punting. It's easy to take it for granted with Tory Taylor, a preseason first-team All-American. Mm-hmm. But really, when you look at the numbers, granted, this excludes the tipped punt because they count that as yeah, a team I don't, I don't punt. Under, yeah, I guess I do understand why they do that, but it's lucky for the punters they do. Yeah. Uh, but, but, I mean, even his, his tipped punt went took a took crazy good bounces and went 37 yards. That's the first time I've seen a tipped punt go oh, 37 yards. And it, it yards. looked like a 15-yard deal, but it just kept going the right direction as far as I was concerned. But, yeah, I mean, uh, he's a preseason All-America, and he starts averaging 47. I think it's 47. I should well, that. That, 47 is a team if oh, you Oh, that's exclude. a team. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So as an individual, he's 48 plus. Yeah, 48.7 oh, okay. individually. You'll take that every Saturday of your life. Yeah, two kicks inside the – or no, excuse me, three kicks inside the yeah. 20. And they, and they had a big kickoff return to start the game that set up the, the first score right away. Oh, yeah. Seth Anderson was so wide open that it didn't really matter whether that was needing to be a 36-yard touchdown or a 46 or a 56-yard touchdown. Mm. But your chances of success are a lot easier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Utah State isn't going to the New Year's Six. We know no. that. But a team from that conference, Fresno State, won at Purdue. It's a decent conference. Utah mm-hmm. State's probably a seven-win team, six-win team. But there were players on that team. They, they, uh, their quarterback looked like he knew what he was doing. I, I you know, I'm not going to say it was a great win, but it was a win. Yeah. And uh, again, I'll say this wasn't South Dakota State 2022. Nobody could have stood that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's uh something better to build on. Yeah. And one last thing, 24 points. That was the number that was in my head and I think in a lot of other people's heads. I heard somebody say as they were going into victory formation, "Brian, kick a field goal." Obviously, they did not do that to push things over, but it's going to be something that if you're having challenges getting 25 against Utah State, you could have a challenge against some much more difficult defenses, particularly Penn State. You can mm-hmm. think of the others, Wisconsin. Yeah, you know, part of me wants to say, let forget this Brianometer for the rest of the year. But another part of me, the sadistic part of me, <laughs> who likes, uh, what do you want to call it? I don't want to call it a cheap shot, but, <laughs> but who likes to have fun, says that... Uh, you know, when, when Barta put that thing in several months ago, it's like, this is the most bizarre thing, a bizarre contract amendment I've ever heard. you got to average 20, besides seven wins, average 25 points. So that's, you're going to make a circus out of things. Well, sure enough, they get 24 in the opener, so they're running one point a game behind. <laughs> you know, and the question that many of us have asked in these months since that happened is, what if they... Win a Big Ten title and average 24 points. Does the guy get shown the door? I don't think so. Now you've got a new AD, so I don't think any of this holds up in court. Uh, Still, it's like, okay, you didn't uh, get off to the races here, so in a couple of weeks when you play Western Michigan, you better hang a 48 on them. Well, that was enough fun for us. I'm ready for dinner. You're probably ready for dinner. 
Thanks for everyone tuning in. Until next time, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.